You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 118. We'll be discussing Infinity War, Star Wars Day, and the brand new Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Sanjay. And the musical chairs of the Nerd Room podcast continues. I know. You should have a contest. <laughs> Guess the co-host of next week, and you win a prize. It's always different. <laughs> Troy, unfortunately, could not make the recording this evening, and we have to give a shout-out to Kyle, who joined us last week in the place of Sanjay. But this week, you got Sanjay and I, and we're going to be discussing kind of all the news we've missed over the last couple of weeks of Infinity War coverage. But we're also going to get into Sanjay's thoughts on Avengers Infinity War, because unfortunately, you weren't here for our review. That's and right. you must have some things to say about it. <laughs> I do, I do. You know, um, coming into this movie, super hyped. I mean, this is, we're talking about 10 years of buildup. And I listened to your guys' podcast and I was like, you know what? They did a really good job explaining a lot of stuff that I actually really liked as well. So, I mean, should, should, should we go into it now? Or? Well, we're going to jump into our Weekend Nerd first. Oh, okay, okay. Because there's a few big days That's that right. rolled by over the last week or two that we're going to discuss. And then we'll jump into your mini review of Avengers Infinity War. And then we're actually going to talk a little bit about Avengers 4. It's a topic we didn't really get to cover in much detail last week because it was the longest podcast we've ever recorded <laughs> well you know we don't even know if we're getting an avengers 4 yet like yeah. let's not jump the gun here yeah we're gonna make sure the box office does yeah. well the reception from the fans. yeah it's kind of lukewarm right now i don't know if people really want an avengers 4 at this point yeah who knew? imagine how disappointing if that's how the mcu ended that was just it just black screen <laughs> yeah oh can you imagine it would be like the most depressing ending for a film franchise of all time <laughs> actually while we're talking about that we're gonna tag this with a little bit of spoiler Spoilers. We're going to go into right. our weekend nerd first, but we don't want to spoil anything. We're still only about 10 or 12 days out from the actual release of the film, so cautious here. We're going to try to make sure we tag spoilers on the discussion of Infinity War so you guys can skip ahead 5-10 minutes and make sure, if you haven't seen the film, that you don't get spoiled by this. At this point... It's going to be hard to dodge all those spoilers, but we're still going to kind of provide that bubble mm-hmm. for everyone because we don't want to spoil this movie because it's it's really worth going and seeing in theaters because there's some really, really epic scenes in here and some really unexpected things, as we discussed last week. But- oh, yeah. And like, as you said, like I stayed off Twitter and like I saw it and I was so thankful because, you know, getting this movie spoiled would probably be like one of the worst. It would be like... If they had, like, the internet around with, like, Empire Strikes Back yes. or something. Yes. And you're like, what? Why are all these posts of, like, dads on Twitter? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and then you see it. You're like, why, Twitter? <laughs> you know how proud that makes me, Sanjay, that you just dropped a nice, beautiful Star Wars reference? Oh, you know. Really? Your analogy was Star Wars focused. You've and come a ac- long way. It actually made sense, <laughs> It right? made perfect sense. I-, I didn't want to say, like, a Rogue One and he finds out that he's his father <laughs> or something. <laughs> You've got this down, man. You've got it down. 118 episodes and you're there. Yo, solo coming up in two weeks now. Two weeks, man. I'm so, so stoked for that. We got our tickets, bought them, I think about 15 for us. Wow, so we're not going solo. No, we're not. We're going as a big group, but you're going as Chewbacca. That's right. Yeah, I got the costume already. 
It's going to be pretty epic, like I'm going to say. I'm pretty proud of what I found on the internet. Oh, I can't wait. I have this, I just, there's there's this little smirk on Sanjay's face, and there's going to be a little twist to this. I don't, I'm not presuming you're going full Chewbacca. I'm guessing there's a little bit of a loophole here for a boy chop rules. You, you never go full Chewbacca. <laughs> Speaking about Star Wars, we'd like to wish everyone a belated May the 4th be with you. That's right. Yeah. Star Wars Day passed by us last Friday. Wow. And it's one of my favorite days of the year. It's kind of a day I kind of reflect a bit outside of every other Tuesday that we reflect <laughs> a bit on Star Wars. <laughs> or whenever you enter this room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's the time that I think a lot of people really get into Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars t-shirts out there. There's some really cool stuff on the internet. People really get into things. The guys at San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, they were on one of the local news networks teaching the hosts how to do lightsaber dueling. Cool. So there's a lot of really cool stuff and people get into it, which I kind of like. I like when the, the outside of fandom really embraces it a bit more. It's kind of a the same long, same lines as when we get into the kind of the era or the, the time frame of the films. Right. People get really hyped, really into it. You see people kind of coming out of the woodworks. So I, I really enjoy Storage Day just for that. Mm-hmm. But I was lucky enough, actually, I scooted by the Disney store, which usually does a small collecting drop. So there'd be something special for Star Wars Day. And to be honest with you, I didn't do any research. I just kind of assumed I was going down mm-hmm. that way anyways. I dropped by and they had this beautiful Darth Vader Revenge, or sorry, Return of the Jedi wow. 35th Anniversary 6-inch Elite Series, this die-cast model. And it looks gorgeous. I walked into the store and I saw it and I grabbed it. It was the last one on the shelf. One of the workers comes up and says, you're lucky. This was at about maybe 1030 or so. I said, why? She said, that's the last one. I'm surprised it's still here. Wow. We only had eight shipped to the store. Wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. I'm pretty stoked about it. the face sculpts. That's something Troy and I have been hammering on about for probably the last two years with these Elite Series, and they seemingly have finally nailed it. This face sculpt on the Vader, it's a massless Vader, is incredible. Like, really well done, really well detailed. It's by far the best face sculpt I've seen on the Elite Series. This ranks up with something that's really well done in the Black Series. I'm really impressed by this. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I love the packaging as well. And you got the poster there. Yeah. It's just a really nice figure and a really nice package. I really like that they went the extra mile and they actually threw together like a nice package. It is something special. Yeah, exactly. And the Star Wars Day... Like in the passage on the prototype Boba Fett, they have this. I can't remember what they did last year, but it's nice to know that they always put a little something out. There's a lithographic set that they had put out and some other small little piece of merchandise. But I just grabbed this. I like commemorating the day. Like I said in the past, when we're talking about collecting. I like to have a story behind everything, every piece that I collect. And that, again, goes into the vault as another great story. <laughs> just walking in and being like, all right, collecting came up, Tim, today. I'm really happy about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very true. I mean, I love when that happens and... The odds were ever in your favor that they day. They sure were. <laughs> <laughs> now, we also, the day after that, on Revenge of the 5th, okay. the 5th of May, the first Saturday of May, there's always free comic book day. Did That's you manage right. to get down to one of the shops? I know you were sick. Yeah. Did you manage to get down there to pick up anything? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, but I had my brother who lives close to a comic shop. I was like, can you stop and pick me up a comic? So by the time he did, though, he's like, oh, I only had, they only have, um, like, the DC Girls one. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll give it to my daughter. So I, I, I got it, he gave it to me, I gave it to my daughter. She absolutely loves that thing. She's like reading it, she's like looking through it, she's naming all the characters. So that's very smart, you know, get get them in early and uh, yeah, hats off. Uh, she loves it and it's actually a pretty cool story. So it's a pretty cool line. It's all like, uh, they're all younger and they're going to school together. 
they obviously toned down a lot of stuff because Harley Quinn's yeah. in it and stuff. So uh, and they obviously dress differently as well. So yeah, no, hats off. That's a that's a great book, and she loves it. So DC's got a new fan. What was the DC release? I didn't so see there it either. Was when that, I was in there. and then there was DC Nation, which I believe I can't remember. It was twenty five cents if you got it early, or it may have been free for free comic book day. I can't remember. But it has three different stories in it, and I was able to get them on hold. Uh, one of the ones for twenty five cents. All right, on. Yeah, yeah. So it has like a one about like Justice League, a Batman, and I think a Superman story. So okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I do have it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm dying to read it. Yeah, I I managed to get there as well. I went a little late. I was expecting not to get everything, but the comic book shop up the road from me here at Phoenix mm-hmm. Comics Southwest, shout out. Nice plug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had the Avengers book as well as the Star Wars Adventures. This is the Solo and Chewbacca version. I think it's, I, I can't remember if this is actually part of the Star Wars Adventures line or if this is specific to free comic book day, but this is a much more of the, the kind of child-esque art form, mm-hmm. kind of trying to again get young readers into comic books and i also picked up for my daughter too i picked her up the dc superheroes uh, little comic as oh, well nice. and then there's a disney princess comic too cool so i picked them both up for her she was upstairs flipping through them all we read through the it was an ariel based story yeah the disney princesses so again like you i had a similar experience <laughs> where it was like i saw them i was like oh, okay cool yeah give them to them they like flipping through them nice little stories and kind of introduce them to some of the characters so i was pretty pleased with that as well yeah, it's a nice avenue. I mean, as a kid growing up, I would have been jonesing for this. You know, I didn't yeah. really read comics until later on in life. No, and it's all about that that little avenue in, too. Mm-hmm. And I know our, dudes, our dude Grabs Granite was out there, too, grabbing some issues as well. So, yeah. you know, shout out to everyone who got out and supported their local comic book shops. Because the big thing that a lot of people don't know about is that the comic book shops actually pay for those. Yeah, that's right. And then they give them away. And so when you go in there, I always try to spend an extra buck or two. I bought an action figure while I was in there, and I bought a couple other comic books from the week before mm-hmm. just to support them. Because it's it's meant to be a way to drive people into and get reading comic books. Right. And it's at their expense out of their own pocket. So that's why going to the day of supporting them a little bit, grabbing a few extra things off the shelves that I usually wouldn't buy. Right. Or that I hadn't planned on buying on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. So, yeah, great great thing to get out there and support them. And with the, with the Marvel book, though, they, they put out – this is kind of the prelude to – the new Earth's Mightiest Heroes Avengers, the new Avengers line that's going back to the big three with Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. This is written by Jason Aaron, drawing by Sarah Pacelli. Looks great. It was a little bit of a story that kind of throws back to the start of Marvel Legacy. And then there's a bit of the, the new Captain America that's coming from the writer of the current Black Panther series as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Really good intro stories in here. Probably not something you need to jump into the books, but... They've done this in the past that as they go into launch phase for new volumes of books, they use Free Comic Book Day as kind of that primer for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure if you're near a comic book shop or even digitally online, I think you can go down and probably download them for free now. Yeah, that's right. And just get them, read them, and then you have them there. So you can use the Marvel app or the DC app probably. Does DC have an app? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so you can maybe Comixology as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a really great day, something I look forward to every year. And there's a lot of people hyped about it. It was probably the busiest I've seen my local comic book shop here ever. That really. probably, you know, has something to do with Infinity War coming out. A little bit, yeah. 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 So you mentioned Avengers. Now, if I want to pick this up, I haven't been keeping up with Marvel, but I, you know, I always say I want to pick up one Marvel book. Can I jump straight into this new Avenger story, or is there some backstory you need to fill me in on? You may need to just read 
There's a book that came out Marvel Legacy. It was like an 80 pager, a big, big, thick book. Yeah. And it kind of went back to the 1 million BC Avengers. Okay. So some of that story is picked up in here. But to be honest with you, you probably can just get it. Mm-hmm. It serves as as more of a primer to the story that's going to be happening in modern day. Okay. And I've seen other comic books, like start of runs and that, that start with something like this to kind of give you a bit of background and then they fill in the story as the main run goes. Right. So you're probably okay. You could probably jump straight into this kind of feet first deep end with this Avengers book because it comes down to the familiarity with Iron Man's back, Thor's back, he's... Thor, worthy Thor now, and Captain America's back. Perfect. So you've got the big three. The people are familiar. Again, this is kind of aligning with Infinity War, the familiarity of characters coming out of that, and people driving themselves into comic book shops. They want something familiar. Mm -hmm. So they have a tendency to do this, and I'm happy with them. I'm happy to have the big three back. They're flanked by, I think, Ghost Rider, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk. So characters, again, that are quite prominent, especially with Black Panther and Captain Marvel coming down the pipe too. So I think it's a great book, great intro book for people to jump into. So Avengers, I think it comes out within the next couple of weeks. And then the new Captain America book drops on July 4th. Oh, cool. (laughs) Nice plug. All right, I'll have to check one of those out. Yeah. So the other thing that I want to quickly talk about while we're doing our Week in Nerd here is the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. Yes. Did you manage to get down to the floor Uh, this year? Fortunately, no. I was so sick. I I couldn't even get out of bed and it killed me. But it was really cool because our buddy Izzy Nobre um, on Twitter, he was, you know, putting up pictures and I don't think he has his video out yet. No. But yeah, he was putting up pictures. So, you know, while I was laying in bed, I was checking it out. So I was like, oh, cool. Like there's that, there's that. So really cool that he did that. So it let me like follow along. But unfortunately, no, for the first time in probably... Six years. Yeah. I wasn't able to make it because I was sick. But Tim, did you make it out? I did indeed. I went down on Sunday. So it runs from Thursday through Sunday. That's right. One of the last day to try to get a few deals. But my big thing was I took my daughter. This nice. is the first time I've taken her. I took her in a stroller, I think, last year. But this is the first time I got her to kind of actually experience it. Mm-hmm. So we dressed her up. and She has a Ray costume. Dressed awesome. up in that. My wife did the hair. Wow. And we went and I said, because when we're down in Disney World, she really like meeting the characters. And I said, there's going to be people dressed up as different characters so she's really into it i didn't really flip through any comic books i wasn't really looking for much yeah i did get a few vintage action figures because she was flipping through bins of of toys and i'm flipping through bins of toys (laughs) over here so kind of doing the same thing we're both yelling back and forth "Ah, you know i got a pony and yeah i got admiral akbar (laughs) (laughs) pretty much the same yeah but same yeah so that was a lot of fun it was a really cool experience to have and then we took over to you know where they did the the signings and autograph and usually the 501st, the, the oh, Stormtrooper Infantry? at uh, the Big Four building? Yeah. Yeah. And so they usually do like a photography. So you donate five, ten bucks to their Make-A-Wish campaign. Oh, yes, yes. And you can take a picture with Chewie and Leia in, it was the garbage compact they had set up. And then they had a Tatooine set where they cool. had Kylo Ren, some sand people. And they also had an R2-D2 rolling around as well. So we got pictures with all these guys for, I think we made a $10 donation. And she loved it. She was having a ball. She is, adores Princess Leia right now. Awesome. She's really into princesses. Yeah. And the fact that there's a princess in Star Wars, she's just, she went up and <laughs> hugged this lady, held her hand for the pictures. That's awesome. She wanted to be Princess Rey going to, and I was like, that's not canon. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, she was super excited. So that for me was a very different experience than I've had in the past, kind of running around the floor, being a crazy person, trying mm-hmm. to catch all the panels. I didn't do any of that. Yeah. It was all focused on her. And whoa, what a what a blast. It was a just an absolutely perfect afternoon to go and take her and show her different things that's awesome yeah that's something that's the day that you know she may not remember 20 years from now but i'm sure you're never going to forget that 100 percent. and the, the three action figures i got are going to be permanently tied the little vintage action figures are permanently tied to that memory i have so super excited about that and you know calgary expo it's now going to be a different experience for me mm-hmm. it, it's not about that three days of, of grinding on the floor finding the <laughs> comics and all that yeah. it's gonna be about her and taking her and letting her enjoy it that's awesome. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, and that's the cool thing when people cosplay and stuff and then you see the characters, especially when they're little kids and they see like someone dressed up as um, Princess Leia, as you said, or Darth Vader. To those kids, those are the real people. Exactly. I mean, and even the people that cosplay, I'm sure it probably feels pretty great when a little kid comes up to you and says, excuse me, like, can I have my picture with you? Like, nah. that just makes it all worth it. It's just such a fun, you know, such a fun, like nerd atmosphere. It's like this nerd globe i don't i don't know what i'm trying to say but it's just such a cool like warming welcoming experience yeah every time i go there i just you just see the interactions between people and it's just warms your heart man it's, yeah. it's good people are very happy there yeah like no one's like there like being a curmudgeon like no uh screw you yeah. justice league boycott solo yeah <laughs> right it's nice like people like probably a lot of people probably dressed up like solo or you know maybe not this year or maybe next There's year a but... huge chewbacca there oh really should have took notes oh, this guy was yeah, like uh, eight and a half feet tall He's probably just two uh, short people in a trench coat. Yeah, he's definitely on like pegs. Because I went and and watched, they did a parade, a cosplay parade on Thursday down the street from my work. So I went and watched that. This guy was huge. It was awesome. So yeah, shout out to all the cosplayers, all the people that put the time effort Mm -hmm. into those costumes, the detail. It's immaculate what they do, especially the 501st guys. Like the, the trooper costumes, there's a phasma it's it's unbelievable what they do so huge shout out to those guys and thank you for providing a great afternoon for myself and my daughter awesome yeah so let's let's jump into some news here we're going to intersperse the news with a couple of listener questions because they attach a little bit to the next couple of segments we're going to do here we're going to jump straight into marvel discussion all right and before we get to your review of infinity war i just i just got to talk about the box office again here oh what a story oh my like it, it, it was relatively expected yeah. They had that huge opening, $258 million domestically. The four, what is it, $630, $640 million globally. That's insane. It's now officially past the billion dollar mark in 11 days, the fastest movie to ever do that, topping the 12 days it took The Force Awakens to do it. Wow. So it's outpacing The Force Awakens globally, but not nearly mm-hmm. domestically, because in the 10 days that Infinity War has been out domestically, it's pulled in $450 million. That includes this past weekend. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens in those same 10 days did $540 million. <laughs> That's insane. That's like absolutely insane. Like Those numbers don't even make sense. None whatsoever. I looked at it and I was like, whoa, they're this far apart? Yeah. And Infinity War had this past weekend had the second largest second weekend of all time with $112 million. But it's only $1 million more than Black Panther. Really? Yeah, Black Panther did $111 million in its second weekend. Wow, so that surprises me because like there's not a lot of competition this week for no. Infinity War. It seems when you compare Infinity War to Star Wars that it was very front-loaded. Yeah. Like very front-loaded with the $258 million. Most people went and saw this in their first couple days of release. Because even if you look at the Monday through Thursday yeah. on their second week, 
our first full week of release, yeah. it's it's like twenty thirty million dollars less than each individual Star Wars day. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's not playing to the same volume yeah. over the individual days as Star Wars was during the same time period. It just played bigger on the first couple of days. Do you think they made a mistake not releasing this in summer? Because like during the week, you know, in summertime, kids can go all day, but like during May and April. People are at work. People are at school. I know summer is busier. There's a lot of movies coming down the pipeline in summer. But do you think, like, maybe they could have pushed this to Christmas or something, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say because you look at the biggest movies of all time, yeah. Force Awakens, Avatar, Titanic, The Last Jedi. They're all released around Christmas. Right. Infinity War has the best shot at becoming the first $2 billion movie that wasn't released around Christmas time. Well, But could it have done better around Christmas? Maybe. Like, that seems to be the Goldilocks zone for box office numbers as it relates to films. Mm-hmm. And not so much this this May into summertime. Because I, I'm not sure. I guess a lot of people are off or more willing to go to theaters. But you think almost that the psychology would be a bit reversed. It's colder. Well, maybe in Canada. It's colder <laughs> outside. You have a tendency to want to go be in malls, go to the movie theater. Whereas here, I find myself skipping a lot more movies. Unless yeah. they're the big event films like your Solos, Deadpools, or right. Infinity War. So, yeah, I think the strategy of it all might be a little different because black panther probably played more like a winter film mm-hmm. because of its release in february at least for kind of north of whatever atlanta yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no fair enough i mean not not to take anything away i mean as we said this movie's killing oh, yeah. it yeah like this movie's this movie's already in the black like this movie's already made profit which is crazy well it's good it's, it's making avengers 4 like I said last week, all gravy. Yeah. Like yeah. this film, the, the gross of this is going to pay for everything they did in those two films. Yeah. And Avengers 4, whatever it makes, is going to be all money in the bank. Oh, all yeah. paid off, written off. <laughs> <laughs> so given that, yes. it's time to hear your review. So we're going to we're gonna tag this with spoilers. Okay. Going forward for the next, say, five or so minutes. I might put a timestamp in there as yeah, well. Yeah. I have maybe no 10 idea minutes. how much well, I'm going to gush about this film. But yeah. <laughs> but we want to give you an opportunity to kind of lay out some of your thoughts. If you had any issues with the film, what were some of your favorite parts of the film? You know, were you happy with the ending? So, spoilers for Avengers Infinity War here. And just skip ahead, try five minutes, try 10 minutes, and I'll put a timestamp in the show notes to allow you to know how far to jump so that you're not getting spoiled by anything well, here. So you're just going to yell spoilers every five seconds. Yeah, so if you like don't you hear Tim, yeah. <laughs> you're me screaming. <laughs> so later on a Sunday. All right. What is your thoughts on Avengers infinity war? So keep in mind when I did see this film, I was super sick, like half I, dead. I was pretty much half dead. I like dragged my butt to the theater and you know, so go, so keep that in mind. I absolutely love this film. Like, how could you not love this film? Like, this is such a fun film. The action was great. The fight scenes were amazing. And I I just can't say enough good things. Like, this was such a fun movie. This is going to be such a rewatchable film. Like, no matter where this is on TV, whenever you find it on that channel, you're going to stay till the end. Because, like, there's so much cool scenes that it's like, oh, okay, you're halfway through. Oh, who cares? But this scene's coming up and that scene's coming up. Like, oh, man. There's, like... There, you know, you get like thinking about, okay, is this like the rankings? Like, is this the best MCU film? You know, and I really love Black Panther. And that, you know, and it's crazy because like that was just the last one. And I said Black Panther was my favorite MCU film of all time. But like when you add in like the 18 previous films building into Infinity War, I'm sorry, Black Panther, but I'm going to have to say Infinity War was ahead of it in the MCU rankings. I agree. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, we can get into like other rankings, but like just for purely MCU rankings, it's it's number one for me. It's so much fun. It's it's like a it's like an like an amusement park ride almost, where you just like strap in and just enjoy all the cool stuff that you're yeah. seeing. Like it's crazy, like what they were able to do with the amount of characters that were in it, and to make it as enjoyable and make it like make sense. You know, like as someone that like um, doesn't follow comics, my wife was like, you know, like I actually was able to follow the story. Like it didn't like jump around too much. Like it all made sense. Yeah. Like like me who like who's read like Infinity Gauntlet was like, okay, like I kind of know like Thanos's deal. Like he wants the glove. He wants to impress death was the comic version. Now this one here, he just wants to kind of be like an altruistic where he's like, I'm going to, you know, kill half the population for them to live it's like the greater good thing yeah he must have studied um malthus in economics (laughs) (laughs) um so like you know um the the part of changing thanos it's like okay he's more relatable i don't know too much about thanos in the comics but what i do know is he's kind of like this despot where he's like i want to like take over the world well it's, it's it's he almost verges on that villain that is evil to be evil right he doesn't always have the motivation mm-hmm. and that was the struggle with this film was motivating thanos to the point where it was okay he needs to be on the level of a killmonger or a loki mm-hmm. these type of villains to make this event film feel believable right you can't just have a guy running around saying i'm in love with death yeah and i'll do whatever you want to impress you like that isn't motivation enough to drive the narrative of a film this big no and i think they nailed it and by the sounds of it you feel the same way yeah absolutely and you know i think even um, marvel wasn't 100 percent sure which route they wanted to take thanos because if you watch i think it was infinite or um guardians of the galaxy He's sitting on the throne. He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. He kind of like that. They could have went that route and he would have been more menacing, but he wouldn't have been as um, in, not endearing, but he wouldn't have been as like interesting. Yeah. As this Thanos is. Well, you need a character and a villain. This is something we talk about in retrospective and all our film reviews. Mm-hmm. You need a villain that believes their cause. Yeah. So no matter if it's right or wrong, that villain has to believe in the same way that Eric Killmonger did mm-hmm. in Black Panther. He believed in his cause. Yeah. And if you don't have that weight behind the villain and those those driving motivations, you just don't believe it. You can't mm-hmm. grasp onto it. It it could have really devolved into just a punch fest. Yeah. And it just all the CGI thrown at the wall. And they just were like, okay, here it is. And it wasn't that. It was, it was a very personal Thanos story. Much yeah. more. That was one of the things that blew me away the most like did you did you get that that it was a much more of a thanos hero's journey arc rather than a marvel comic book character a hero character movie absolutely like if you look at the screen time i don't know someone's gonna probably do like a stopwatch of how much screen time he's in but definitely thanos is oh, in yeah. it for the most you know as you said like it's his journey you know he goes through the beginning he goes through that hero's journey and he succeeds at the end yeah you know like how many movies do you have where the villain succeeds like this and empire strikes back well that, that <laughs> yeah well you have to believe that thanos is the villain yeah to have that opinion too right so well, some of the reviews i was reading on rotten tomatoes i was kind of just scrolling through i just wanted to see why it, people weren't liking it or the critics weren't liking it and mm-hmm. a lot of it was it was too big of a film yeah and the ending didn't make sense the thanos or the the villain himself just was a villain for the sake of being a villain. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, are these guys watching the same movie? Like, <laughs> am I that biased towards this that I'm seeing things that aren't there? Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that that like the movie ends the same way any hero movie ends with the hero on top. And it, it yeah, it abruptly ends. But 
he's gone through his journey. His story is finished. It's complete. It's like the end of Iron Man 3 or whatever, when he throws yeah. the thing into the water and then it just ends. Yeah. I am Thanos. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And it's very interesting you bring that up because if you look at the Rotten Tomato score, which you know I don't necessarily agree with, but it's at, I think, 84%, which is a very strong score. But when you compare it to the rest of the MCU, it's middle of the pack. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's sitting, I think, Ragnarok's higher, Civil War's higher, Black Panther's higher. All really great films. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And in in, to, in certain elements, they are maybe better. But I, I'm aligned with you. Like, you look at the audience score, it's like 90 some odd percent. Yeah, I think the audience score is number one. Yeah. But the critic score, I think, was like, is like just above Guardians number two and just below Doctor Strange. Yeah. And in my opinion, I I did enjoy Guardians number two, but like this is like I think like this is a, a much shoulders. yeah like, I think it's a much stronger film yeah definitely you know maybe the thing is that like we've been watching the retrospective and we've seen all eighteen films before and maybe some of these reviewers haven't and maybe you know they go in and they say oh why like why does Thor maybe if you missed Ragnarok you're like why does Thor have no only one eye now and his hair is different you know like maybe some people didn't like that. See, I don't know, because we discussed this last week, so I won't go into too much detail, but you almost, it'd be like going into The Last Jedi and not watching The Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, this this is the way that Marvel's produced these films for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's not like they just dropped all these in the last, like, six months leading into this film. Yeah. This is a long-form storytelling in film, the yeah. same way they do it in comic books. You need to watch the films before it. Ragnarok is the movie that comes before Infinity War. So yeah. Infinity War is a sequel to Ragnarok. So you have to go into it with the understanding of what this universe is. And based off the box office numbers, enough people have watched all these films yeah. to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely agree. Um, some some negatives of the film. Um, just a couple things. I thought I didn't like how Thor got his eye back. It kind of seemed like they were kind of like retconning. Re- uh, yeah, retconning. Like, you know, he looked cool with the eye patch. You know, he was like a pirate angel baby or whatever yeah. they said he was, you know? And I was like, like, Ragnarok just happened. So it seemed kind of like take away that like impact of that film where, you know, he's there and he has one eye, he lost his hair and all that stuff and he lost some of his powers. And then uh, Rocket's just like, here's your eye back. You know, I get it because it probably like made sense and it probably was more comfortable for Chris Hemsworth. And he didn't. It. it was all CGI. Oh, really? The eye patch. Yeah, he just wore dots in his eye. Oh, okay. So, well, here's a question actually. I tossed tossed to you because Kyle threw this to us last week on our review. He asked if what happened in Infinity War lessens the impact or changes your perception of Thor Ragnarok too much. This is one of my favorite movies. I think my favorite movie I ranked it of last year. That's right. Yeah. And what they do at the start of Infinity War is rapidly change. Not change, but they they really take apart the ending. This Asgard is the people. We're mm-hmm. on this ship. We're sailing somewhere. I think to Earth. They say. Yeah. We're sailing somewhere to kind of recreate Asgard, and then you open this film, and it's like, okay, that's not happening. <laughs> and then they give back Thor's eye. So I'm gonna throw that same question to you. Do you feel that this movie takes away from Ragnarok too much, as opposed to Ragnarok adding to this film? See, I, I think what they do with the next film will determine that answer because yeah. you still have, I think Thanos only kills half yeah. the Asgardians. Said they're half half his people are gone. So I assume like the big names like Korg and Valkyrie That's, will yeah. still be alive. That's my assumption too. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't imagine them killing them off. They were such popular characters and they did really good job in Ragnarok. So why wouldn't you bring them back for Thor four? Thor four. That's that's gonna be a weird thing. <laughs> but yeah, so how they handle that? Like if the Asgardians are able to regroup and be like, okay, let's like rebuild our society kind of thing because ragnarok ends on kind of like a hopeful note we're like okay like you know we're asgard is the people 
So in terms of this, like if Thor four happens and the Asgardians like get even more like crapped on and they even more people die, then, you know, it kind of will take away from Thor Ragnarok because it's kind of like you expect it to go one way and it's going to do a complete like 180 and go the complete opposite way you're expecting. So I think how they handle the next Thor film will determine that answer. Yeah. So I had some time to think about that question from Kyle and I'm going to throw this kind of to you right now. Okay. Do you think Thor needs Asgard or needs the people? Does he need to be a king? Because when I look at him now, he almost fits better as a character like the last of his kind you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he's the king of nothing Mm -hmm. and i kind of like that idea that he's a bit of a not so much a nomad because he has no home but he's the last of his kind that makes him very special right because the people left over from asgard even says at the opening of this film we have no warriors aboard you know it's mostly just civilian population how much of an impact can that have do you want thor 4 to be about him trying to build Asgard on Earth as they've done in the comic books? Or would you prefer Thor to be running around Rogue in a Guardians of the Galaxy-esque film, something similar to what he was just in with Ragnarok? He had a few Revenger buddies, Mm -hmm. but you don't need Asgard to be the base for Thor. You don't need that for his story anymore. So when I look at that, I'm thinking, yeah, I maybe prefer the lack of Asgard and him being just this rogue element that's running around the universe as the last Asgardian. You know, that's a good point. And I think um, what it comes down to is who's, who's going to be the villain, you know, depending on who the villain is, it would make sense. Maybe if, if it's an Asgardian villain, then okay, we can keep the Asgardians. But if it's like a completely different villain, I don't even know some like cosmic villain that'd make total sense then for Thor to be chasing off and like being kind of like a loner, loner, as you said. Yeah. And I do like that aspect, but you know, you kind of get it as well in the Avenger films. Like you get it in the first Avenger, uh, age of Ultron. And now this one where it's just kind of Thor. Cause none of the other Asgardians are really there with yeah. him. Loki is a bit in the first one and this one a bit, but, uh, yeah, I don't know that that's interesting. You know, I do kind of like that, you know, last of his kind. And there's not a lot of them. If you look at the Marvel, universe i'm just trying to and looking at all your action figures here i'm trying to think who's the last of their kind but maybe cap he's like the last like world war ii fighter yeah bucky but, i guess he got bucky, in there yeah. but you look at even with with thor they killed off the warriors three we yeah. don't know where lady sif is you got korg who isn't asgard and you got valkyrie who's the last of her kind as well the last yeah. valkyrie so i like that element of it so there's a lot you could do there mm-hmm. and you could yank in some some classic thor characters that aren't particularly asgardian have them pose a threat against the universe or earth or whatever and i think you could do a lot there with that kind of narrative or that big arc for thor about him being the last asgardian so that's kind of where i'm sitting with that like i think it i think it serves a much better purpose for thor and yeah maybe it takes a little bit away from the ending of the film but it also works into thanos you know what he's actually done here is yeah he's literally half of asgard and asgard was already decimated so it just i think it weighs a little bit more into that overall so what, what are your thoughts on the ending uh, are we talking like the big battle or like the both let's do the wakandan battle the titan okay. battle yeah and then we'll go into the <laughs> um so the wakandan battle oh man i thought that was so cool when they had the, sh- uh, the shields up and they had those like uh cannon fodder trying to yeah. get through they look freaky and they look like little bugs or whatever yeah. they were <laughs> i thought it was a really cool battle sequence uh you got the avengers showcasing some of their powers 
you know, I do agree with you in the review. You said, you know, they did trade a lot of lives to save vision. Yeah. I, that was one part when I was watching when they're saying, you know, we don't trade lives. And I'm like, but how many people are dying out there to save <laughs> you lot. vision? Yeah. <laughs> like for no real, like I, my theory was have it so that they needed to get it out of him, but his body wouldn't let it come out of him. Yeah, so they right. had to take it to Wakanda to get it out to destroy. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit more context around they're not just saving the synthetic organism yeah. in place of hundreds <laughs> of Wakandans, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and you could have easily just done something where you download his consciousness yeah. on a computer. Well, going back, do you remember when we talked about the pre book and right. Shuri was talking about some weird AI yeah. that she had come up with while she was trying to pull apart Winter Soldier's brain to take the Hydra thing out? Mm-hmm. After and in retrospect... I think she might be referring to whatever consciousness she's eventually going to build for a new vision. Okay. So it doesn't need the Mind Stone to function anymore. She can yeah. put this AI and Ruffler uh, Banner made reference to that as well. There's a lot of parts about him that aren't the Mind Stone. So if she supplements whatever AI she come up with right. out of Winter Soldier with whatever Banner and Stark put into him and Jarvis, then you get something bigger like this big amalgam that actually turns into a vision without the stone in his head. So a way to continue the character without having infinity stones around anymore. Yeah, and you know she's already proven to be more adept at creating the AI because she asked Banner some question. I can't remember what it was, and he's like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I never even thought of that." Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was great. Um, yeah, and I love that it took place in Wakanda. So you had some of the other tribes from yeah. Black Panther in there. Mbaku. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was a great character. Um. I love that. I would say the CGI, some like it was really good at some parts, but there's two parts where it really stood out where it was kind of not great. Which parts? I'm uh, see if the same as ours. The Hulkbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end. Yeah, at the end when you look, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I could look past it, but like it wasn't like a shining moment in no. CGI, especially I, being the end of the film too. Yeah. It's kind of like. Both times I was like, ooh, that looks a bit out of place. Like, they've, yeah. And the problem was, and they've shed a little bit more light on this, we saw the Hulk in the trailers. Mm-hmm. But they admitted that that running scene, that was just for the trailer. That was uh, never intended to be in the film. Gotcha. And there's kind of those Funko Pops that show Hulk coming out of right. the Hulkbuster and all that. So I don't know what they did at the end there. But yeah, that really stuck out. Like, I don't know why. It looks like it's just photoshopped in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had a mustache or something. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> um, and the other CGI part was when Thor is uh, going into battle, one of the parts, and he's like flying around, and it just didn't look right to me. Oh, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, it looked a little bit off because I was watching Thor. He was such an interesting character with his lightning and his power levels. And I was like, okay, I want to see. He's going to do something really cool. And I just showed him flying around and it just looked a little off. I don't know if it was the scale or what it was, but that was the only, but other than that, like it was terrific. These are just minor nitpicks. Like yeah. this, this is like you get a gourmet meal and you complain because the plate size is two different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No. And I think as, as reviewers, we have the responsibility to go to both ends of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to be able to say, look, this was an amazing film, but there's a few little things here. Yeah. So I guess just kind of when you get the goggles on for doing the reviews, you kind of see a little bit more into maybe some of the minor flaws of some of these films. Yeah. So I've only seen it once, as I said, and remind you, like I was on death's door. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see this again. Um, I'm going to try to get it in theaters, but you know, the thing is, is like already now we got Deadpool coming out, we got solo coming out. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to see this again in theaters until, Maybe near the end of its run, I might try. I, I definitely want to see it at least one more time. Yeah, I guess in the big screen at least twice. I yeah, think. yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, now and, the end. And the end, the snap. I thought, you know, 
I was expecting this because, you know, you I read Infinity Gauntlet and I knew he was going to do it because that's like the defining Thanos yeah. moment. It's like having Bane in a Batman movie without doing the backstab. Exactly. Right? Like, this is what Thanos is known for. So I knew it was coming and, you know, I was like, is he going to stop it? And, you know, Thor unfortunately didn't stop it. But man, the emotional heft of this, when you see all the characters like disintegrate in front of your eyes, like, ooh. Yeah. What about Tom Holland and Peter Parker? That was... That was the, that was the best part. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, my wife said after, she's like, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen the Spider-Man Homecoming, but after seeing that movie, I want to see more of it now. Yeah. Like, I want to see that movie because I thought, like, he did a really good job as Spider-Man. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, she, she's gone to all, like, the Spider-Man films with me, except for Homecoming. So now we got to watch... Now we get a chance to watch Homecoming again. So, Brilliant. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome, man. So overall, gotta ask this at the end of all of our reviews: Do you recommend Avengers: Infinity War? No, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, no, if if you if you like fun and you like a good time, stay away from this. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. That's awesome. I'm glad I got your thoughts there, and we're gonna continue this conversation because as we see this more times, as we are. Now, theorizing a bit more going to Avengers 4, we're going to have to bring this and recontextualize some of their ideas and thoughts for the next year. Mm Because it's May 3rd, 2019, when they're going to pick up the threads from this film. So that's a whole year we have to wait. But luckily, we get a lot of great comic book movies in between. We do. There's a lot. There's Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's Deadpool's coming out. There's Aquaman. You're my man. You're dude. (laughs) They never give us a trailer. Yeah. One day we'll get an Aquaman trailer. (laughs) I promise we'll talk about it. It'll be like December 1st or something. Here it is. (laughs) But before we get to any more of those, we we got to talk quickly here because this is a topic we did not get to last week. Avengers 4. It's a closely guarded secret, the title of this film. And it's been stated because it gives away a potential ending or mm-hmm. it alludes to more than they want for affinity war. So maybe the implications for the end or what's going on. So what are some of the possible titles given your knowledge from the comic books, given the film itself, what do you think are some of the titles for Avengers four? Oh, geez. Um, you know, they could do something like, like a catchy catchphrase, like snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> you uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> they could do something like return of the Avengers. Or I, I don't know. Like it doesn't, they could name it literally Avengers. Don't come see this. Yeah. <laughs> we voted for Trump and people would yeah. still go see it. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to toss them out here and okay. see how, how you like any of these. Okay. So, some of your classics like Infinity Gauntlet, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. I like that, yeah. Avengers Infinity Crusade, which was okay. the follow-up to Infinity War in the comic books. So again, they may just be taking titles, never directly adapting the same way they took Infinity War. There's something really simple, Infinity War Part 2. I like that. There's Avengers Disassembled. Okay, yeah. There's New Avengers. Oh, you have like some kids maybe join the team. Or I guess at the end of the film you have a new set of Avengers in being led by Dr. Strange or Black Panther and our original crew gone or mm-hmm. disassembled. Okay. There's Avengers Endgame. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, or Avengers, the end maybe. So you remember in, and this is the reason I'm kind of moving this one around my head a bit. Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange at one point says we're in the end game. That's right. Yeah. And if you go back to age of Ultron, there's a quote from Tony Stark where he says, we're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day. But up there, that's the end game. Right. So it's it's a phrase that is common and was notably put into Infinity War. So 
Avengers the Endgame or Endgame or Avengers the End. Maybe that's a possibility. But here's my favorite. Okay. Avengers Forever. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. a 12-issue comic book that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And the reason I really like this is that it's, it's a nice final title for this big story. Mm-hmm. It's 22 film arc. It's coming to some sort of conclusion. Like the MCU is going to continue, but maybe not in the same form that it has been in the past. So Avengers Forever, the title here, or the actual event book, it's about a team of Earth's Mighty Heroes that assemble from across the different eras. Oh. And so they're dispatched throughout the time stream and to, to prevent a big event from happening. So when you look at this, you look at what we know a little bit about from the set photos and all that. Yeah. We've got different, what seemingly is different eras of Avengers from the films coming together with Ant-Man and all that. Yeah. This seems quite plausible that you have someone like Ant-Man running through the time stream. Different eras are not so much different, different dimensions. So you're mm-hmm. not messing with the MCU itself. Yeah. But you're pulling in different characters from different dimensions or what have you, different eras of the time stream. Yeah. And having them fight Thanos in some way. So it becomes a very different type of movie. Right. But maybe something that you could really get behind so that you you don't necessarily... I don't think they're going to use the time stone. No, because... I think it's too easy. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like, oh, we'll just reverse all, it's fine. That yeah. they, they can't get away with that. They have to do something that's a bit more impactful. And something like this, time travel... Or the quantum realm is going to be introduced, Ant Man and the Wasp, and presumably in Captain Marvel. You know, we know that from the shout out in the Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Yeah. So I think they're going to go down something that route. So Avengers Forever right now is my number one pick. I like it. I like it. Okay, I'm going to go with it. I just thought of two more. So you know how they had Fan Four Stick? Yeah. Change the A in Avengers to a four. There you go. Four Avengers. It's done. Or Infinity War. Or no, Infinity. Plus one war. Plus one war. You like that? You know, like as a kid, you're like, ah. Oh, you, Avengers you... to infinity and beyond. I like that. And then Buzz Lightyear comes. Yeah, it saves the day. Crossover. You, crossover. You know, Toy Story and Avengers, two of the biggest brands of all yeah. time. You think Avengers Penny War is a massive crossover. Yeah, you just wait now. Pixar gets involved. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all we're going to talk about Avengers 4. There's, there's going to be a lot discussed. Oh, yes. In, I don't know, the next year. We're probably going to have a trailer in six months wow. for Avengers 4. Maybe at Aquaman. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe by December. Maybe by the end of the year. We will, by the end of the year, probably have an Avengers 4 trailer. Oh, I, I think at San Diego, people are going to be treated to some footage. You're probably right. Yeah. We probably are D23 or something like that. Yeah. Actually, no, not San Diego because Marvel's not coming this year. Oh, they're not. Yeah, D23, they're, eh? Yes. Yeah, so I feel bad for all the people that are like, yes, I get to see Avengers 4. And then they're like, oh, oh Marvel, we're skipping out. That would be the worst. <laughs> they're going to show something at D23. I, yeah, they have you're right. To, yeah. You're right. You're right. So, look at that, July. It's not too long away. Yeah, only a couple months. Only a couple months, and that will potentially arrive around the same time as Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's right. Nice uh, nice segue. There we go. I've been working on those. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a brand new trailer from Ant-Man and the Wasp this past week, rolling off the back end of Avengers Infinity War. Two characters that, spoilers, spoilers, two characters that were not in Avengers Infinity War. That's right. And this movie actually, as we said in the past, actually takes place before Infinity War. Yeah. So there's going to be no resolution of what happened in Infinity War or no even references to it until maybe what would be an after credit scene. But we did watch the trailer. We're not going to do our normal breakdown. We're just going to kind of talk about it at a high level. Sanjay, your thoughts on how Ant-Man and the Wasp looks? 
you know, I you know I took this in our box office um, fantasy draft. Fantasy draft. So you know, to me, this looks fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, I actually, honestly, joking aside, this actually looks really good. It looks more of the same from the first, but I think they have a bigger budget with this. There's a little bit better. Oh yeah, definitely. Stunts. You know, it looks. You know, you can't help but draw comparisons to sometimes from um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh yeah. When they're like tiny and they see the giant sets and stuff. I think this is cool. It's a very um, different superhero film like and this one is definitely going to be more comedic oh yeah as opposed to some of the other ones i mean a lot of times with the mcu you do get comedy in this but i think this one they won't even try to hide it like even the trailer is a very comedic tone very upbeat yes yes and the song too like it takes two and now there's ant-man and the wasp so there's two of them now you caught that did you yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we got michelle pfeiffer in here pfeiffer coming back yeah catwoman's coming back and then you got uh perry white we got uh lawrence fishburne lawrence fishburne in here so you know they're taking all our guys yeah all the dc all the old school dc guys yeah these are ogs (laughs) no i agree i think the the trailer looks fantastic the film itself my only worry is this this trailer showed a lot yes of maybe some of the more big spots i'm mm-hmm. saying big because we see quite a bit of giant man in there as yeah well. yeah there's a little bit more than i was expecting yeah so there, there's a lot in that and we see now two different um iterations of wasp using the pin particles to grow something we saw the pez dispenser yeah. we saw the salts in this one the big salt thing when they're fighting the oh restaurant. yeah i thought that was pretty cool yeah but the fight scenes they look on point like this oh, is yeah. again taking batman and that whole concept to the next level because you throw a wasp in here now and they're tag teaming people mm-hmm. and she is a badass. Oh yeah, she brings it in this. Oh film. yeah, Hope Van Nine, I think is gonna be the breakout in this. Like Paul Rudd is gonna be your comedic base, the guy you go to, the dependable actor. But yeah. Evangeline Lily, she's gonna be the shining star oh, in yeah. this film. You can just tell it from the trailer. Man, I cannot believe how good she looks in this. Like oh, I'm more yeah. excited for the wasp story than I am for Ant Man's story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean there's so few characters, you know, as we had that question before, who can't they do? Yeah. We're getting like a wasp story in a major picture and it's something that, you know, I never thought we would get. No. And we're getting a wasp story as well in the original wasp because oh. Michelle Pfeiffer is playing Janet Van Dyne. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I don't know a lot about the wasp, but I know she was in that Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon. Yeah. She was one of the original Avengers back yeah. from 1963. Wow. She debuted in the 60s in uh, the Ant-Man now, book now as well. correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Joss Whedon wanted to add her to the first Avengers, but I think they said no. Yeah, so Black Widow kind of took her place. There was the need to have a, and why did they didn't have two? I don't know, but they just <laughs> didn't have the, the time to develop a character because coming into this, I think with Avengers being their first big ambitious crossover, they didn't want to spend a ton of time mm-hmm. reintroducing characters or trying to pull someone in because most people, even the villain, is pre-established going into that. Right. They didn't have the ability to just throw you into the deep end and say, oh, hey, it's Captain America, you get a story store, da 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 mm-hmm. where they have that ability now with, with Infinity War. Yes. You, you know everyone's backstory. Oh, like, yeah. They didn't touch on anything. It's all forward development. Where Avengers, they're still looking back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They had to reintroduce Steve Rogers. They had to bring Iron Man up to date. They had to get Thor to Earth. Yeah. They had to team them up for the first time. So they had to do a lot of building there. So I think having the Wasp now in this franchise is really going to do her a lot more benefit than it would have done sticking her into that and trying to shoehorn her into a film. Mm -hmm. Because you have to explain the power sets. You have to explain the character, where she came from. Where's Hank Pym? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of development to do. And they started that in Ant-Man. And it looks like they're really going to kick it off here in a big way with Janet Van Dyne, Hope Van Dyne, and the whole Wasp moniker getting 
even in the title, which I think is awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so I'm really excited for this. I can't, it's the second week of July, I believe. Uh, July 6th. Yeah. July 6th, yeah. So that first weekend there. This is going to be a huge movie. It's going to, like you said, I think it's going to have that Infinity War bump to it. Mm-hmm. People are going to be rushing out to see more of Marvel. Now, there's going to be the confusion, I think, for the common moviegoer as to why this movie doesn't even really address infinity war right because this is the first one that's really out of sequence outside of the guardians of galaxy volume 2 which was a bit out of sequence but it didn't matter mm-hmm. this is dislocated from the main avengers story right so this is the first time in captain marvel 2 in early 2019 yeah that we're gonna have the story not be linear yeah it's kind of interesting take um now the question is when you're going to do your mcu marathon again for avengers 4 do you watch Ant-Man and the Wasp before in Avengers 3, or do you keep it on rotation of when they were released? I think it depends on the post credit scene. That's true, yeah. You don't Be- want to get spoiled. No, because in it, I guess you could watch stop, watch post credit scene after. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the post credit scene, or at least the end, you're going to see someone fading. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Wasp or Hank Pym. I think it's going to really address it like it has to. Yeah. Because outside of that, we didn't get any real reference to Ant-Man and the Wasp in Infinity War. And the director said, you know, one of the reasons is they have their own movie coming out mm-hmm. a couple of months later. So yeah. they're going to have their time to shine. They'll get it in Avengers 4 as well. We know that they're at least Ant-Man's in that film. What the, what they should do is release the Avengers 4 trailer because that would put in $100 million oh, in my their God. box office. There is a potential. I don't think they will, though. Well, they might. They, they did the, that with Avengers 1. They did. They put that. Oh, you're right. Yeah. At the end of Captain America, which was in July, yeah. a year away. There you go. I, I cracked the code, Kevin Feige. There you go. We, so we may we may see. Cause think about or a title reveal, maybe. Okay, yeah, they sh- they should do something because that is at least fifty to a hundred million dollars in <laughs> box crazy. office. I didn't think it would be that close, but you're right. Yeah, like there is there is an opportunity to start building hype for Avengers four in July. It's only a couple months away. Yeah, it'd only be about like ten months away. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, but. Actually, basing off of, of our comments here about this looking a bit more like a comedic film, mm-hmm. this actually segues quite nicely into Grab's question of the week. Grab's granite. Grab's granite. Grab's granite. There it is. Grab's granite. Just for you, Grab. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Grab's writes in this week, the subject being unbridled happiness. Hello, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. Sorry, dude. Troy is not here this week. <laughs> There's comedic moments in most movies. Even the most serious dramas have moments to ease the tension. This is especially true in comic book movies. The scenes in the Avengers where where the Hulk shows Loki what a puny god he really is right. is one of my favorite comedic moments. My question for you this week is, what are some of your favorite laugh-out-loud moments in comic movies as well as comic books? What comedic moments have not worked for you? And lastly, who's the funniest hero and non-hero character in comics or the movies and TV series they inspire? Thanks in advance, Grabs. Great question, Grabs. Ah, Love him. Every week. Every week he's bringing the questions. Yeah, just bring the heat. (laughs) He's like a reliever in in, uh, baseball. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he comes in just for that ninth inning. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) Three outs with his question and then he's done. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. All right, so comedic moments in movies. Now, MCU is just particularly good at this, Mm -hmm. I feel. But I agree with you in some some of your criticisms as we've done the retrospective series that they do have a tendency sometimes to be improperly placed and and they really take away from an intense moment in a film. Mm -hmm. So off the top of your head, 
what are some of your favorite comedic moments in all of comic book film? All right, so I'm going to go back about 10 years ago to my personal favorite, well, one of my personal favorite comic book movies of all time, The Dark Knight. And we have Heath Ledger in there who plays, like, it was crazy because he was able to make you laugh like this was a comedy, but also make you crap your pants like you're in a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> Just that duality that he had that I've never seen it done like since or before. So the two comedic uh, parts is the one when he's uh, dressed up as the nurse and he sees Harvey Dent. And, you know, and he like ripped, you know, he like killed Harvey Dent's uh, girlfriend. He uh, has his face half burned from the Joker. Like this guy's done horrible things to him. He just looks at Two-Face and he just goes, hi. Yeah. Like just that, <laughs> that one That bit. is good. Yeah. Like that. Oh, I lost it in the theater. <laughs> the, the best part about that moment too is he's looking at him being like, I know I've really effed with you. That's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. I love yeah. that. Oh man. That, that was just like, as I said, like I know we just got like an amazing villain in Thanos so not to take away from him, but Heath, Heath Ledger's oh. Joker for me is Next still, it, it, it's just insane what he was able to do. And like and people were saying, like remember when he got cast? Everyone said it was a stupid casting and it wasn't gonna work. Yeah, he showed everyone wrong. Yep. Um The other, t- actually, I just remembered two scenes. Uh, the one with the pencil trick, of course. Oh yeah. I remember people at the people at the theater laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he blows up the uh, hospital, uh, there was a problem with the uh, explosions, and it wasn't actually supposed. It was supposed to go off, but it didn't. Yeah, improvised. Yeah, and it improvised. Like that was actually Heath Ledger getting scared yeah. from the explosions. So. I mean, The Dark Knight, a very serious film. When we talk about the most serious comic book film, that's probably, like, number one. But there's still, as Grab said, those hilarious moments in the film. Yeah, and the key for me with comedic moments, especially in film, is that they have to relieve the tension at the right time, Mm -hmm. but it also has to be delivered by the right character. Yeah. You can't have Bruce Wayne, especially the Bruce Wayne we've seen in the last few movies, cracking jokes. Yeah. And you leave it to guys like Aquaman. You leave it to guys like even Cyborg or Flash, right? Right. The appropriate characters. When you turn to the Marvel Universe, you've got Tony Stark. You've got Thor now. You've mm-hmm. got the Guardians of the Galaxy. You've got the appropriate characters delivering those lines. You don't want Steve Rogers running around cracking jokes the whole time. Right. He can play a very serious and almost naive humor. Mm-hmm. And when he introduced himself to Groot, like he was... He oh, was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was very sincere about that. Yeah. But it was funny. It played well. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. it's about giving those lines to the right characters at the right moments and mm-hmm. breaking that tension when it needs to. Because I'm trying to think what moments are things that have been severely undercut in the past. Like Thor Dark World did a lot of that. Yeah, that is that. You know, I, and we never found out if Darcy lives in Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, she probably or um uh natalie portman's character doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> or uh dr selvig yeah there's a lot of characters <laughs> there's a lot of characters that thor just kind of dropped yeah. uh, get punished on the side, punish on the side. yeah, yeah I, I for me the some of my favorite moments have come in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. last year especially with thor ragnarok oh that's great that, that was one of the funniest mcu films that that i've seen and mm-hmm. I, I love that those were true laugh out loud moments and when we're talking about like thor ragnarok got you got to mention Korg. Oh, yeah. Korg was amazing. I love that for a character that has such a minor role yeah. in comic books and to come across that well. That That's that's why we we're probably a little disappointed that he wasn't in Infinity War. Right. But he's, he's much more suited somewhere else. But the character is fantastic. I love him. Love him. And then Guardians. I, I got to that. That's probably the, the real start to the proper comedic. Yes. And really delivering on a an intense as well as comedic end mm-hmm. to 
the MCU because you got Star Lord in there, Rocket, Groot did really well, and Drax. Yeah, he had some of the best laugh out loud moments oh, in Infinity War. He was and, hilarious. Oh, he was so good. I I can't say enough good things about Dave Bautista and his delivery of that character. Who would have thought that like a former wrestler like Dave Bautista would be one of the best characters? And then you have another former wrestler in The Rock, who's yeah. like one of the best actors. Like. Yeah, he's the biggest actor on the planet right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah, <laughs> both. Insane. But, and then going back to, I think this is, uh, we haven't talked about Guardians of the Galaxy in a retrospective series. That will come up here soon. Mm-hmm. But the dance-off moment. Yes. So that might be a moment that went a little far. And they made fun of it a little bit in infinity were here when drax is like tell him about the the dance off to save <laughs> yeah, the universe yeah like they poked fun of that that so was great I, I like that but that is a moment that really undercut that big epic finale for me yeah i agree and especially with ronan the accuser who's such a badass in the comic books you know for, to him to get taken down like that i was just like ah, i don't know yeah um but so, you know i, I don't want to pick on um that movie because that was such a great movie um but some of the stuff that didn't work for me um, even though I love this film and I actually really enjoyed it, but the new justice league film, I thought, as you said, some of the things that Batman was saying when he was mentioning, like, he's like, well, I don't not like him. I was like, that's just such a not Batman thing to say. Yeah. Or when flash falls on top of wonder woman and then it's just like his face is in her chest and it's just so awkward. I was like, yeah. ah, why would you put that in? You know, I, I, those are like some stuff I didn't enjoy that film or like Superman's like, Oh, death was itchy. Like some of the stuff, like they could have changed that to make it a stronger film, I thought. And it's just, you know, it goes all about the tone. While I did like it, I think if they changed those, I think, you know, not just those three things, but some of the other stuff, it would have been a much stronger film yeah. for everyone that saw it. The delivery of Aquaman's lines. Oh, like those are those some are, of the best. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah. And they make sense coming from him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a character Aquabro. that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a character that has the ability and he's an actor have the ability to deliver those lines because those things kind of got to go hand in hand mm-hmm. like you can give the funniest lines in the world to a character and if they can't deliver them oh, yeah. it doesn't make any sense if you remember guardians of the galaxy volume one gamora delivers a line when she's talking to star lord at one point yeah there's very much a drax line the sticks up their butts line yeah and it never made any sense like the delivery <laughs> yeah. and the character didn't fit that line mm-hmm. she didn't she didn't she that was played very much like she didn't have that knowledge which yeah. didn't make sense it was like we need to give a funny line to yeah. Gamora, but that's not the character no not at all she's she, much more serious exactly yeah. exactly so they played her a lot better in infinity war I agree. Well, not that she was played bad ever like, oh no the, the writing's no. fantastic there's that yeah. one kind of weird standout moment yeah so what, what about deadpool Oh, yeah. You know, that's just totally <laughs> flown over the radar for me. But, yeah, like, that is probably the funniest comic book movie of all time. It's one of the... It's it, at the top there. It's, it's a very different da- humor. Yeah, it's very dark, very, like, black comedy where it's, like, winking at the fourth, at the fourth wall and breaking that fourth wall. I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm probably going to rewatch it before I check out Deadpool 2. But, yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. How yeah, many? I'd have to agree. I think Deadpool in himself for a single delivery mm-hmm. is probably one of the best. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds embodies that character. Yeah. It, it, they pulled it right out of the comic books. And it's humor. It has to be humor you're you're walking in willing to accept. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it's black humor. It's dark yeah. humor. It's gruesome at times. It's it's rude, whatever. But you don't go into Deadpool expecting any less. No. You know, like, we'd come out being like, ah, oh, they kind of missed the concept of the character. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Deadpool 2 isn't rated R, already you know it's not going to be as good exactly. as Deadpool 1. And, you know, as I said on Twitter, I'm a little bit uh, nervous if Disney does buy Deadpool and Fox 
if they're going to change the character. Now, it doesn't sound like they are, so hopefully, you know, they stick to their guns and they release that R-rated Deadpool because I don't think a PG-13 Deadpool would really work. No, an MCU Deadpool really doesn't work. A Deadpool referencing the MCU Yeah, absolutely. But not an MCU referencing Deadpool. No. They got to remain separate. And I think that Disney can accomplish that if they go down the path and eventually, I don't even know where that's at, the acquiring of of Fox Studios and all that. Yeah, I mean, who knows where they're at. But even with Deadpool crossing over with the other X-Men films, I don't really want to see Deadpool in Days of Future Past. No. You know, keep them separate. Maybe have like an X-Force where they cross over. But his his brand of comedy works better as a solo film. Definitely. Yeah. Agreed. Now, what about non-hero characters in comic books, movie, or TV? So when you think it's funny, that isn't really the title character, we'll say, or title hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually Jeremy Irons in Batman v Superman was pretty hilarious yeah. when he uh, kept ripping on Bruce Wayne for, uh, you know, he's like, oh, drinking again. Or he's like, you're not going to leave the next generation anything. He's like, not that there'll be a next generation. I thought Jeremy Irons' delivery was pretty great. Um, yeah, that deadpan, like, oh, very yeah. serious, but with a slight hint of comedy to it. Oh, yeah, the kind of, like, just twisting the knife a little bit in him. Yeah, he's like, even you've got too old to die young. I thought that was great. I thought he was great. Um, yeah, Alfred, I mean, as I said, like, Alfred's great. Michael Caine has some some good real real lines. They're not so comedic. Yeah, like when uh, he fails and he's like, oh, you know, I told you so or yeah. something, you know, like that was great. Just the little lines. And that's what you need with Alfred. He's like that mentor, that father figure. So yeah, Alfred's great. I can't think of any other right now. I, I quite like Jarvis and Friday. Okay. AIs, yeah. Uh, yeah. Iron Man's AIs. I find they added really interesting dynamic and the delivery of Paul Bettany now vision mm-hmm. in the Jarvis through the first three Iron Man's and Avengers one, and Avengers two, or towards the end of Avengers two is, is, great i love it 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 brings a different element you have someone interact with tony stark inside of the helmet so he's not just him flying around breathing the whole time Mm -hmm. so it gives a whole another dynamic to that their interplay downey's ability to kind of go back and forth with jarvis is a lot of fun so i think he elevates tony stark robert downey jr Mm -hmm. in those scenes and it's very required because when you when you think in retrospect on iron man flying around in the heads-up display you need him talking to something. Otherwise, it's just stuff on the screen. Yeah. And him yeah. yelling and screaming, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. So yeah. those are probably my non-hero characters yeah, that I, I really enjoy. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. All right, Grabs. Well, thank you very much for another fantastic question. We look forward to your contributions next week. Yeah, what's it going to be? Yeah, who knows? Guess, Bring the heat. Guess the Grabs. Bring the heat. <laughs> All right, man. We're going to jump into a little bit of DC talk. This is going to be quickly followed with a DC-related question from All our right. dude, Carlos Candido, of the Tumbling Saber podcast. But I want to touch on some DC news here before we jumped into that. DC is coming out with a streaming service. Now, this service is going to be called DC Universe. And it's going to be explicitly DC content. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the first of its kind. It's seemingly going to be some sort of all DC immersive experience that we're going to yeah. get. They announced the first exclusive original series in Titans, yeah, which looks pretty cool. They landed or they put out a title card for that. And it looks like we're also going to get a Swamp Thing, a Young Justice Outsiders. I'm not yeah. sure if that's a film or season three. Uh, season three. Season yeah. three, yeah. And then DC Harley Quinn. Yeah, so an animated R-rated Harley Quinn show. Is that what it is? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Wow. And uh, Margot Robbie might actually voice Harley Quinn. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. So 
I, I must say, uh, this announcement has actually got me really excited. Um, even though I'm in Canada and we don't get this service, I heard that they will be sharing this on Netflix for us Canucks. Okay, cool. Yeah. So they must have cut some sort of deal with Netflix. Got a ton of money because I don't know why they wouldn't uh, come Just to Canada. It. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But anyways, this is really cool. I mean, to me, this moves the needle. Some of the shows they announced, like a Swamp Thing such a cool is it animated or live action uh i believe it's live action and it's gonna be produced by james wan so oh di- i did hear this yes. yeah director of aquaman and he's done some of the scariest films i've ever seen so this is like a more horror related superhero supernatural i you know maybe this could be like a proving ground where okay this is swamp thing the tv series people love it we're gonna give you now a swamp thing movie that doesn't you know that's different than this tv show so hopefully, you know, that's what they're doing. Because I would love to see these characters in the TV shows, in the movies. I, I much prefer movies to TV shows. Like a Teen Titans, you know, we just have X-Men. We have like nine X-Men films. You could easily have like six Teen Titans films. Because that there's so much in that history of that franchise. Swamp Thing as well. But what they're, what, what they're giving us, and this is exciting. I mean, I'm a DC guy. Of course I'm going to get excited. Tim, you know, are you excited for these news? I'll definitely be checking stuff out if it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say particularly that there's anything here that's going to drive me to buy an independent streaming service from them. Yeah. But, like, this Titans thing looks cool. The Young Justice, I haven't seen any of the seasons, but you guys gave it rave reviews the first oh, two yeah. seasons. And this DC Harley Quinn thing, rated R cartoon, I'll definitely be checking this out. But I guess I guess my question I got to ask is, do you think this is going to be now in lieu of their animated Blu-ray division? Because that's something that's been, been cooking fairly hot mm-hmm. for the last five, six years. And that's something that a lot of people give DC a lot of credit for if you're going to compare it directly to Marvel. Marvel's animated stuff isn't particularly strong. Mm-hmm. I said it Earth Minus Heroes, but DC's is, is very strong. And they seem to have a consistent wave of new material coming out. We just got last year was the uh, adaptation of The Killing Joke. That's right, yeah. And we're seeing a lot more of that coming out. That was an R-rated cartoon wasn't that's it? that's right yeah and so it was actually released in theaters for a couple yeah, days it made yeah. like five six million in yeah, theaters two so weeks it, it was good. in theaters so do you think that they're going to move away from that and release all this on this exclusive streaming service i think they'll kind of do both because you need content for this streaming service yeah but if you can release it on a disc and get 20 bucks from like me you know <laughs> <laughs> i think i think they're gonna see you know release it and maybe check out you know if people are still buying it okay we'll keep doing it but I mean, if but if people stop buying it, maybe this could be an avenue for canceled projects that, you know, w- for whatever reason, aren't going forward. Because, you know, if you think about it, this could bring in a lot of money. Say you have, say it's like five bucks a month. I think Netflix is what, 10 bucks a month? Yeah. So maybe say five bucks a month. If you have maybe five million subscribers, that's 25 million bucks a month you're getting that you wouldn't otherwise be getting. So over a year, that's like over... 250 that's like 300 million dollars uh, extra revenue i mean that's why everyone's chasing the streaming service because netflix is just printing money right now yep. and you know you need something to bring people in so these animated films i imagine the whole catalog of past dc stuff will be added to this i would assume so i'm saying to get the movies mm-hmm. of the new dc extended universe the burton stuff nolan stuff so being that wb owns that whole catalog yeah there should be no issue putting that all on there I think what they need to do, though, is have a lot of more exclusive content. Yeah. Because as a fan looking in, most people, especially when you're going back, that are in the 
that kind of fan realm yeah. have access to most of those films, whether right. it be DVD or whatever. So they need to do the same thing that Disney needs to do and the same thing that Netflix has had to evolve to, mm-hmm. and that's producing their own content, their own original content mm-hmm. to drive people to the service. You can only get this here. Yeah. So I think given their kind of wide breadth and the depth of their catalog, they can do a lot of that. They can put Batman in the animated series. Maybe we get another season of oh, that. Oh, can you imagine? How that'd awesome be huge. Would that be? Oh, that'd move the needle. Yeah, yeah, it would. They need to do things like that yeah. to drive people to this. So it's exciting. I like I like and I don't like the idea of a streaming service because I right. feel like I'm going to have like 10 streaming services that I have to pay for. Yeah, cable's going to be dead in five yeah, years. Because I, ha- I have to have Netflix. I'm going to have to have the Disney streaming service. Right. Probably jump into this if it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's fair. But we're seeing this really segregate the market. Everyone's trying to get a little piece of this pie. Mm-hmm. I think eventually you're going to see it all collapse into a couple big ones. Yeah. Like Netflix will consume this and, you know, so on and so forth. Disney has a big enough catalog now, even with Fox. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of movies, thousands of TV shows. You know, yeah. there's a lot to produce, a lot to put out. But to me, it's all going to come down to original content. And they seemingly, they're starting off on the right foot. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is the first step. But they, as you say, they got to keep going. You know, maybe we'll call this season one where these four shows and then next year, maybe we'll get, I don't know, something crazy. Like we'll get uh, a Wonder Woman animated series and um, an Aquaman animated series and a live action. um, I was going to say Flash, but he already has it like a live action. um, Cyborg. And I guess you couldn't really do Cyborg. You need that CGI. But yeah, yeah, something something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. Or like like a loose like they're supposed to do a Metropolis as well. Which was going to be like Gotham, where it was Metropolis before Superman arrives. That's cool. So it's going to focus on Lois Lane and Lex. But I guess like they tested it out and it didn't really seem to click. So maybe they're going to try it again with maybe change the concept. Who knows? But I mean, as you said, like you think of the TV shows that DC has put out throughout the years. You have Flash, you have Green, or you have Arrow, you have Supergirl, Gotham, you have Gotham, you have Smallville, you have the New Adventures of Lois and Clark. So there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of seasons. Hundreds of hours of content. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Netflix has so much that you got to compete with them because you know five mm-hmm. bucks a month doesn't seem like a lot, but if Netflix is only charging ten bucks a month. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too that they they have to be so cognizant of is stagnation will kill this service oh yeah you need to have constantly evolving and the only issue i could ever see with this is that if they're narrowing their content to just being dc yeah there's there's a chance that you're not going to have kind of the new uploads unless they have spread these out enough where you have titans released 24 weeks in a row mm-hmm. and then the next 10 weeks is harley quinn oh you know, yeah so you're yeah. constantly having new content every single week because netflix benefits from that they even have deals now with shows like riverdale yeah that and scandal the day they air live on cable the next day they're up on netflix that's crazy so it's you're gonna need stuff like that and you may see that with arrow and flash and all mm-hmm. that where those shows debut on cw but then you see them on netflix or the dc universe the next day that that's the type of things they need to do to bring people into the service yeah it's it's exciting time and hopefully they uh hopefully it works yeah so we have a question here from our dude carlos candido shout out from the tumbling saber podcast he Mm -hmm. does their main show as well as sith disturbers he has got an interesting question as it relates to DC. All right. He has a statement followed by a question. <laughs> Marvel, you only get one. Marvel needs to buy DC if there will be any hope of DC making a good movie. Pause. <laughs> I kind of like Justice League, but after watching Infinity War, it's not even in the same sport. DC is so far away. 
So the question is, could Marvel or any other entity buy DC to save it? Does it need saving? Thoughts? Carlos. Oh, first off, Carlos, thank you very much for uh, listening to us and for sending us a question. That's great. So I, you know, I do have some thoughts on his question. Yeah, let's hear him. So I, I will say this, you know, setting up a shared universe, what DC is in the process of doing, what Marvel has already done, it's not an easy thing to do. If you look at everyone else that has tried to set up this shared universe concept, each and every one of them has failed already, except for DC, which is like the only other one that's kind of still kicking around besides Marvel. I mean, obviously Marvel's successful. We all know that. Putting that aside, if you look at the Dark Universe, that lasted one movie. We look at Transformers. They're trying to do something with like Bumblebee. Who knows how that's going to go? There's so many, like I think G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles were supposed to have like a crossover. I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's a, it's a lot of work to get this shared universe up and running. So, you know, they've had five movies so far and, you know, and you compare that. So, you know, you look at how much money they've made over these five movies and you compare that with the MCU with their phase one. Um, and that was six movies. They've made about the same amount of money between the two of them already. So, I mean, if you look at them, I know people weren't particularly happy with movies like Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. But they made a ton of money, especially like a Suicide Squad. When you look at that, I mean, there was no big characters in it, like no Batman, no Superman. And it, and it didn't even go out in China. And it still made over $700 million. And that was despite having terrible reviews. So, I mean, if you look at the money, the money-wise, they're doing pretty good. And now Aquaman's coming out. And, I, you know, I haven't seen any trailers from it. The only people that saw was CinemaCon and... Um, that wasn't even finished yet. But from what I've heard, I've heard nothing but positive things about it. James Wan's a great director. And then you see stuff coming out with Shazam and um, David Sandberg, who's another great director who's done a lot of good horror stuff. So, you know, I feel like, um, you know, patience is the key. I feel like they're turning the corner in terms of the fan response. I've been there since day one, but I know a lot of people have been kind of on and off of these films. Um, so I will say like, you know, I feel like they're turning the corner in terms of like the fan response. And I feel like Aquaman will go a long way, much like Wonder Woman did, where it went a long way in terms of bringing people into the bandwagon of DC. And I will say like Marvel, now they're giving us hit after hit after hit. Like you look at the last five films, they've all made like a ton of money. They've all been well received. They've all yeah. been, they've been, they've been running on all cylinders for like a little bit now. But if you look at how they started out iron man one was great but then the next film incredible hulk actually lost money um iron man 2 when that came out remember there was so much backlash against that film they said they're trying to build this universe yeah and people and you go back now and you're like what not, what do you mean there's yeah, not that much in it there's, yeah exactly there's not much world building in there. yeah but, a little bit but, but at the time we were like oh my goodness yeah. and then you look at thor and cap they did okay in the theaters but you know, Captain America, I think the first one made like 150 million. It is 65 as opening weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to what it was. And you look at some of the directors, they had some growing pains as well. I mean, you have directors like Joss Whedon, who with his Age of Ultron, he was unhappy what Marvel was mm-hmm. doing to the project. And then you had stuff like Patty Jenkins was and supposed to do Thor a Dark World. Terrence Howard left. Terrence Ed Norton ha- left. Yeah, and um, what's the dude's name that was in Iron Man? Ivan Vanko. Yeah, uh, um, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke left. 
Um, even recent movies like um, Ant-Man, Edgar Wright was supposed mm-hmm. to direct that. He left. And even Black Panther, uh, Ava DuVernay yeah. was supposed to direct that. They approached her first and she turned it down because she was worried about studio interference. So you look at some of the DC directors that have been leaving, like especially the Flash project. Yeah. I mean, that's that project's been in development hell for a long, long time. But like that's not sim- that's not unsimilar to what Marvel was going through at the beginning. I think they're just going through their growing pains now. They've got like new people in, and I hope that they figured it out. And I hope that Aquaman's a hit. And if I think I think if Aquaman's a hit, like this, that's the pivot to me. Yeah. If Aquaman's a hit and it does say 300 million in North America, it's well received. It's well received. You know, it's it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the second fresh. Then you've got two franchises, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, that are off and running. And then you got the Batman, you know, when that gets made by um, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. I have so much faith in that project. Matt Reeves, the Planet of the Apes, what he did with Planet of the Apes is so good. Such a good franchise. And Shazam, you know, so say like those four hit, you're boom, you've got four franchises, you're off and running, you're golden. So I think it all comes down to Aquaman. I think there's a lot of pressure. That's why we haven't seen anything because James Wan is really trying to nail this. The CGI is, it has to be on point. The CGI is like haphazard. This movie's going to sink. So I, I think that's why, you know, we're, and the trailer, the first trailer has to get that kind of it does that, the buzz. It, it has to have that buzz. And that's why we haven't seen anything yet. So I think they're trying to nail that. And uh, I think that's the pivot. So Carlos, thank you very much for the question. But I can say, I can say is preach the patience because I believe it's going to happen and it's going to turn the corner. But if Disney did buy DC, I think that would be very bad for us fans yeah you need you need that competitive nature this comes down to the comic books this comes down to anything really is that having a competitor drives innovation it drives Mm -hmm. the need and want to do better and bigger things so i think having dc as its own entity is of value to marvel yeah because they're pushing the envelope they're pushing each other you saw the big head-to-head with civil war and Batman v Superman. In my my perception of this whole idea, I don't think Marvel needs or Disney needs to buy DC. I don't think anyone else needs to buy DC. The good thing that DC has right now going for them is WB owns them outright. Mm-hmm. So they have control of all of their characters, both from the TV side and the film side. So they can do really whatever they want. They need a person that is kind of driving the ship. Mm-hmm. And it seems like people are starting to fall out of that a little bit. Snyder didn't appear to be the guy. They wanted him to be the guy, but he wasn't that. But overall, I think that what you're saying here is patience, is that they did try to rush into something. They wanted to get to Marvel's level in half the amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's just not something that they really achieved. And I think what we've benefited from when it relates to this discussion is our retrospective series. We've gone back and looked at all these films, particularly phase one films and even the early phase two films where they stumbled after Avengers. And a lot of people forget about those films Mm -hmm. because in retrospect or in hindsight, the films that came after have made them better. Yeah. I enjoy cap one a lot more because of winter soldier, the winter soldier effect, how we preach this. So Mm -hmm. they need to approach it with that in mind. And we as a fandom need to think of it in that way too, that Marvel films have been good, but they've been really, really good since 2014. But let's remember this universe started in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Man was a hit. It was an awesome film. Avengers in 2012 was an awesome film Mm -hmm. for all the other films. Yeah. I've recommended them and I personally really loved them. But you take a, a cross-section across fandom and you ask them, do you like Iron Man 3? Do you like Thor The Dark World? Most people are going to be give it eh yeah. at best. Yeah. And that's kind of what our reviews landed on. I thought Iron Man 3 had a lot more merit to it, but 
Thor The Dark World, none of us recommended it. said he gets a total skip. Yeah. So I have to remember that, that Marvel did have those stumbling blocks. And yes, I have been critical of DC in the past. And I agree that at this point in time, they're not on the same playing field as Avengers. But let's put DC on in that phase one playing field. You can't compare them right now. Like they're on totally different planes. Yeah, I I, I mean, and you look at um, the MCU. I ask you which franchise is on their level right now. I mean, even if even Star Wars, like Star Wars, is the biggest thing. But there was some fan backlash with the last fan Je- backlash. with the Last Jedi, and even with Solo, the concept of the a film coming out yeah, boycotting. Like, what's that about? Well, yeah, like <laughs> people that um, are mad that Disney bought Star Wars. It makes me it makes me laugh because. Before that, you had 40 years and you had six Star Wars films, and now you get four Star Wars films in four years. Maybe the problem isn't Disney buying Star Wars. Maybe they weren't Star Wars fans to begin with. It's, you know, it's, it's and, but like what what else competes with Marvel? The box office has shown nothing competes no. with it. And even the quality, the consistent quality of film. Nothing. Yeah. Look look at Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like these are some of the biggest franchises. No. James Bond, like none of these films movie in and movie out have been able to compete with marvel and i looked at um box office mojo and like dc extended universe is only five films in and it's already i think the top 10 highest grossing film yeah. franchises of all time two or three billion dollars yeah. yeah i mean two or three billion out of five movies that's that's pretty good haul yeah. i think domestically Warner, yeah. yeah like warner brothers is making some pretty good money here yeah. so so i think what they need to do they need to take and not be afraid to, to take the blueprint that marvel's laid out for the world to see follow a little bit of that and once they get that that strong foundation then they can do their own thing then they can take another shot at justice league or mm-hmm. whatever you want to teen titan something more of an ensemble film but it's about getting like you said aquaman out one woman two out shazam the batman it looks like they've taken a step back and said we're not going to rush this anymore yeah we're, we're going to avoid these big crossovers and we're going to take the slow and steady approach we're going to build this up Mm-hmm. and then we'll cross these guys over when the time is right and that that to me is is what they're doing now pumping the brakes going for for the big kind of forty thousand foot view on this mapping things out a bit more is the way to go so i think dc i think they're on the right path i agree they're nowhere near Marvel right now but let's give them Another five years and see what we're having the same conversation. Exactly. If we are, then yeah, maybe someone needs to buy them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but and, and getting back to that, you know, even say Disney buys uh, DC and they buy Fox and they buy Sony, you know, Disney, as big as they are, they only have a limited amount of money. So when you have different companies owning the different properties, you get more films. One of the things is Warner Brothers owns everything, but you only get like one or two films a year like way back in the day not even one or two films they get one or two films like every once in a while and they're always either batman or superman marvel had sold their rights so we had x-men at fox we had spider-man and then it forced marvel to put some of their lesser known characters in yeah it did so i mean you know because everyone else owned a different piece of the pie they you know they put in their money to those guys and they hitched their wagon to those guys if uh, Marvel owned all their characters, yeah. I guarantee they wouldn't have started with Iron Man. They would have started with Spider-Man or X-Men. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely. So definitely. You and, wouldn't, We would have just began to Captain America. We never would have got a Guardians of the Galaxy nope. film. Marvel Ant-Man, owned them all. Ant-Man and the Wasp. No. Doctor Strange. We would have probably gotten like eight Spider-Man films yeah. and eight X-Men films. So, I mean, not, as, not, not saying that's a bad thing, but, you know, we got the variety. So, you, you want the variety and as well, the tones of the films are different. Mm-hmm. You look at the DC films and the MCU films. You know, they each have like your sort of like, not formula, but their own like flavor to them. 
And, you know, if you're in the mood for something darker, you can check out Christopher Nolan, The Batman uh, Begins or whatever, or you can check out the Snyder stuff. But if you want something like a little bit more lighter tone, you have 18 movies in the MCU to check yeah, out. There you go. Or 19 now, sorry. Variety is good. Variety is the spice of life. Yes, there you go. <laughs> All right, my dude. We did have a few Star Wars things to talk about here, but I think maybe we'll push them to next week and we'll end and cap off with our DC discussion there. We'll have Troy back at the table next week to discuss a bit about Charles Soule next arc on Vader, which he announced about him getting Fortress Vader, right. which is pretty cool, which we did see in Rogue One, and the new Star Wars Resistance TV show. So maybe we'll, we'll save that for next week because we're pushing up here on an hour and a half and we'll jump into that discussion when Troy's back at the table and we can have a bit more of a holistic view because hopefully we stop playing the nerd room musical chairs <laughs> yeah the three of us sitting down talking about star wars marvel and dc yeah who's going to be here next who knows who knows might not even be me or you yeah i mean <laughs> might just be troy Thanos snapped his finger i was gone last week and now no. troy's gone this week boom i guess it's my turn to take off <laughs> <laughs> all right guys first of all thank you very much to those that sent in questions yes, thank Carlos. you thank you thank you thank you very much we enjoy answering those and we enjoy tying them in to kind of the bigger discussions around dc and marvel this week if you guys haven't seen avengers infinity war get out there and see it yeah what are you guys doing yeah come on get up stop listening to this go see it right now because we're pretty much at the end here <laughs> and if you guys would like to be a part of the nerd room you can always email us at the at gmail.com you can hit us up on facebook or youtube also over on youtube you can check out sanjay's weekly videos going through his blu-ray finds that's right yeah i just uh, had a one because i was sick so i missed one but i was back with a vengeance this week avengers oh i like it i like it <laughs> and you can always grab us on twitter our handles are at the end of the episode be sure to check us out on the nerdroom.net as well and you can find our page also on the star wars commonwealth.com website all right man i'm glad we were able to discuss all the news this week it was great having you back at the table and i look forward to more discussion next week but until then for the nerd room i'm tim and i'm sanjay and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.